Hello, everybody. Welcome to Banana Split episode 17. My name is Vin. My name's Patrick. And my name is David. David is back again in the house. He is third willing us, but today we've got a great show. We're going to talk about PAX, BlizzCon, and a whole lot of other things. Patrick, what do you got for us? Yeah, I've got my continued obsession with uh, Elon Musk. If he keeps giving me news, I'll keep reporting it. Um, as uh, we were talking about earlier, it was asked why, you know, what's your end goal? I don't really have one. I just see him as one of those few people out there like Bill Gates maybe and like I know your favourite cosplay back in the day was uh, Steve Jobs. He was one of those real, um, you know, inspirational types who might be a... What would you call it? Like a change maker? What's the right... Um... On the forefront of What's, change? Like just an entrepreneur. Mm. He was a visionary. Yeah, visionary. Uh, I mean, good. he was a great marketer. A philanthropist? No, he wasn't very giving. <laughs> no, Bill Gates is a philanthropist, but not yeah. Steve Jobs There's at all. two separate schools of thought in history. There's people that believe that it's a result of, you know, millions of people leading up to uh, events based just on patterns of economics and geography and and then there's another school of thought that's like no it's a few really uh powerful individuals who can shape and change and create new paradigms and we're the result of a few amazing individuals like genghis khan apparently one in four people in the world of dna from him um you know things like that so yeah i think it's somewhere in the middle but uh either way this guy's gonna be one of those people, I think, that in a few hundred years, um, yeah, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, he did this and this. That was another, I was listening, can you believe it? I got forced to listen to an Oprah Winfrey audible book. Thankfully, it wasn't a very long one, and it was a lot of interviews. Um, and all she seems to do is repeat what the interviewee is saying. Um, but there was one good one with a uh, futurist. Uh, I can't remember his name. I should have brought that with me. But basically, he uh, sums people up. I was saying, what are you going to be remembered by? Is it going to be a paragraph or a sentence? And uh, I thought that was a good one. Like, And she was like, well, you know, what's your paragraph going to be? And uh, this guy's definitely going to be more of a paragraph than a sentence person. Uh, and, and with that in mind, um, every week I might pull out one of his better quotes. And this week it's, I think it is possible for ordinary people to choose to be extraordinary. Which, uh, yeah. Gives us all a little bit of hope. Um, but things aren't going too well in general. Um, there's been a bit of a foobar at one of his plants and he came out and said basically in a tweet that he's living in the eighth circle of hell, production hell. <laughs> um, Sub-subcontractor stuffed up a battery plant and you know it was supposed to by this point in time manufacturing uh, 5,000 Tesla 3s a week. Yep. And... In three months since they started production, they've only built 260. Yes. So a little bit behind on that one. Uh, so his stock's plummeting. They've burned through $3 billion in the last two quarters or six months. I think that it's four quarters in a year, right? So that makes sense. That it's... Yeah, so there are four <laughs> quarters, yes. <laughs> yes. In one year. So I just had to... So each quarter is three months? You know, do some basic maths there. I'm not. That was never a strong side for me. Hey, I was doing better maths. Leave the math to Vin, all right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I did better maths than him last week. But today's I can't remember different. what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah today's definitely. It's, it's about being consistent. Get man. it straight. Um, 
Yeah, even someone as bad at maths as me can tell that's not a good look. Uh, they lost $619 million in the last quarter, so hopefully that all turns around. Um, anyway, so fingers crossed. Moving on to something we can all join in a bit more with, because I was only at one of the events we're going to talk about for a few minutes, and the rest of it I was sort of following my son around. So that was my weekend. Got a lot, of, Spent a lot of time with the younger son, and that was really good. But Vin got to be there a bit longer, at the zombie walk, yeah. Um, whereas David was somewhere a bit further south, down in the Australian. I was doing a zombie walk down the Melbourne tram line. Yeah, um. <laughs> I bet, after a few drinks. Yeah, different types. So of there zombie. was packs in Melbourne. Yeah, there was Sydney. Got the zombie walk right around um, Halloween, and I guess BlizzCon was happening somewhere else overseas. Yeah, last Friday. So yeah. Last yeah. Friday was it that long no, ago? No, no. People are still no. talking about it. Yep. Well, it just ended on Sunday. Oh, it's a long one. Okay. Yeah, it's like two-day con. Jeez. And also okay. earlier this week was, um, sorry, earlier last week was um, uh, Paris Games Week um, as oh. well. The Sony Press Conference, a lot of news coming out of that. How big is that? I've well. never heard of that. France? Paris Games Week? to France? Um, yeah, it's well, only been that? a couple of years. So like, obviously, obviously, like when you think European Games Con, you think of the German That's um, right. yeah. Uh, con. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the developers like Ubisoft and a lot of different publishers are based in uh, f- uh Paris and a lot of French independent studios. Paris Games Week is becoming more of a bigger convention, um, and Sony, with their huge European presence, sort of uses that as their showcase um, as mm. well uh, for it. And like, if yeah, you the, had to go to one or the other, which one would it be? Out of Germany and Paris, yeah. Um, actually, Paris. In all mm. honesty, I would definitely um, go Germany. But... Germany, Germany, like Germ is the biggest convention compared to E3. It's like the size of seven E3s. Mm. Um, like you know, it's it's. I thought E three was the biggest. No, like it's the most. It's like so, sort of like it's the most important because mm. it was the first. But the amount of attendance and the amount of hangar space and hall, convention hall space, the German one is actually way more bigger. Is that um, intentional for, with E three? I'm surely they could get those crowds and space. There's only so much you can fit into the LA to. Convention Center, right? So it's it's limited by. Yeah, it's like San Diego yeah. Comic Con is limited by the performance around there, where the yeah. biggest convention center in America is in Las Vegas, mm. um, and all that, where they had such great cons as like um, the the AVN convention. Right, that sounds like a very. Uh, Anime focused one. Anime, yes. Anime. Well, there's there's a bit of animated the anime video network. Anime, a lot of tentacle right. anime. Nice. Um, yeah. At the AVN convention. Oh, you know, there's something for everybody. It's a family friendly event for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, cool. So th- that the zombie walk happened basically yeah. two days ago. Right. Um, this has been a long running event since 2009. Um, all of the money that people donate goes to charity for... for the Brain uh, Foundation? Brain Foundation, yeah. yeah so good, good guys from good there. Good cause. Um, however, I did have issue with the location change. Last year, they did it throughout the city and we were walking through the tram lines. Problem is, walking through the tram lines meant that there were huge delays with the trams and so the Lord Mayor did not like that at all, nor did the police and so they suggested to the organizers just move it to a small park which we ended up uh, walking through and it was unfortunately only seven-minute walk um, it was only through a small park and didn't have the epicness of years prior. Uh, they did have makeup tents and there was a woman handing out flies to be in a, to be a zombie extra for a movie. Oh, so if you can oh, sign so. up to be a zombie extra. Hmm. And this movie stars uh, Leopoldo Nyonga. What's her name? I beg your pardon? The, uh, the, the girl from 12 Years a Slave. Uh, right, oh, right. The one yes, that... Yes. Um, so you've done it as well. Is that the one where John Travolta got her name wrong? 
Yes, yeah, the one when she got nominated for 12 Years a Slave, where John Travolta was up mm. talking about Yeah, so she's going like, to star what? in this hmm. Australian zombie Weird. comedy film, and they just handed out flyers saying, do you want to be a volunteer extra as a zombie? And shooting day- dates is uh, end of November to December early. Mm. Um, oh, I'm down for that. A volunteer, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll give you the flyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I'll just be all over that. that. So they don't pay you and you're not part of the union. That's great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's happy just to be... A, that, that's a bucket list thing right there, to be a zombie. Yeah. But you were at the and, zombie walk as well. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the rain had me a little worried, but uh, by the time it hit three o'clock, which was when they were supposed to start the march, and it pretty much started soon after that, um, there was a few people there. Like it, We got there about 12 and then kind of wandered off and came back and it looked really dismal. Like the rain, the grass was wet, it was muddy, um, it was sparse, scattered, maybe a few hundred people. Mm. But by the time it came around to start time, it was maybe, what, 1,500? Uh, it definitely swelled number-wise. And there was some creative cosplay. Yeah. There was uh, someone on a, like, carriage, little I saw thing that one. being pulled yeah. around. That was a crazy There was, some, there was a guy in a bike helmet with a uh, like a road sign right through him. It was pretty cool. And Graham Bryson, a friend of mine, he always has the old keyboard and the head trick. That looked quite good. Um, scared the hell out of my kid, but worth it. Mm. Um, otherwise, he was pretty nonplussed. He just wanted to go play with the dogs. So we ended up spending more time with random park dogs. But uh, yeah, it was good. Um, I don't know. I just, like you said, being restricted to the park, even the march just went around the park, which is a park I grew up pretty much living right next to. Um, so it was nice to have it somewhere so familiar, but yeah, not having it in the city again. I know the cops didn't like delays to trains and all that sort of thing, but come on. Well, obviously the idea is obviously to get the general public involved mm. and to like create that shock and awe factor, you know, to get them all up posting like, wow, look at this, I'm like, look at this random thing I've run into while in yeah. the city. Which you're not going to get in Prince no. Alfred Park. It's close to the city, but it's really out of the way from, you're not going to get many tourists. You're not going to get a lot of, uh foot traffic other than a couple of people that might live in Redfern and have to walk <laughs> through it to get to Central. But unless you hit Belmore Park, like I think you said it was supposed to be there, mm-hmm. which is even smaller than Prince Alfred Park. Yeah. but Ooh, Most of the things yeah. in Redfern anyway are natural zombies anyway. And they w- would have trampled. <laughs> we walked through Belmore Park and they just, where they used to have all the tent city, all the homeless people living, right? they'd cleared them out and put down these new gardens and they were surrounded by fencing. So it might have been an issue with that or the rain. I'm not sure, but yeah, they would have <laughs> the undead would have been all over those um, fancy new flowers for sure. But uh, yeah, no, that was disappointing. It was good to see the people out, but um, yeah, no, there was they were advertising. There was a little booth thing that advertising mm-hmm. the Walking Dead convention that's going to happen next year, Walker Stalker Con, and then there were three or four thirty-five dollar tickets or something for those things because you're seeing the actual How much? actors. What they're over a hundred dollars those tickets. Seventy-five for a day. Right, which is okay. pricey as hell. I might be thinking of more VIP. Yeah, tickets. smaller cons tend to be more expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because of the, the did you bring the talent out? The guest power and it's usually in a tall hell. Like, yeah, well, small economies of scale. I, I paid two hundred dollars for a red dwarf convention yeah. years and years ago. What? But it had like three what? out of the four dwarfies, so it's yeah. like. You know, that kind of makes sense. It's only going to tend to buy like maybe two or three hundred people, mm. hardcore people. Yeah, you need to have those prices up, but you get they do give you a lot of access to the stars and things. It's a very intimate mm. um, experience. I mean, uh, a lot of the, I don't think Rick's coming, but a lot of the other main cast members are. No, the main one is Norman Reedus, also yeah, known yeah. as Daryl. Um, He's a Mo- real fan service guy. He seems really good massive. with fans. 
Um, and then we got Lauren Cohen, who canceled, unfortunately. But uh, we got Carl, Carl, Carl. Carl. Abraham, um, and then all the other, and Jesus as well. Uh, not the Christian Jesus. Uh, and then there's a few more, but they're all the, like kind of the side characters. But the main yeah. one is Norman Reedus. I want to get one. Oh, Negan. Negan is actually coming. Can you just ask wow. as many questions as you can about Death Stranding to Norman Reedus? I will. I will. It's like... So you're going? Yeah, of course. All right. We'll have to get the scoop from yeah. the... I, I wouldn't be caught dead there. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Ed, you I'll would be, be caught, caught be dead caught at PAX, dead. though. Yes. Um, yes. Well, yeah, PAX, um, that was another fantastic year. The fifth year now. Um biggest attendance um or anything like that um and yeah it's just like i just as i said I, in past podcasts i can't advertise how well um this um uh, so it didn't change your opinion of it in any way it was just reinforced no um, um uh, my change in opinion this time was i got this i got to go to a lot more panels mm. um this year um what they do is the opening keynote is what they call story time where they ask a very um, prominent um, game developer or someone in the gaming industry to do an hour talk. Um, and this year it was Bernie Burns from Rooster Teeth. And as you all know, I'm a huge Rooster Teeth fan, but I've been to so many like panels, Rooster Teeth panels with Bernie and they'll, they're usually the Q and A's where everyone's asking the same stories or oh, how yeah. did Rooster Teeth start? Blah, blah, blah. Can I get a job? I love um, Q and A's, but I know, yeah. I know what you mean. If you're hearing the same things, so I listen to a lot of, Kevin Smith podcasts and um, some of those are just Q and A's. And after a while, you're like, "Don't you people listen to any of the previous ones before you come to?" Like, I'd love to see him when he comes back here, but I'm going to make sure I've listened to every bloody, you know, at least do some. I don't know. That's yeah. a pet peeve. Yeah, so. but there's the big, good, great thing about this keynote was to hear the story told through his mouth and what it meant and what inspired his people to go from, you know four guys recording in his spare room over Halo to like owning the same production studio uh, that used to be an airport in Texas that you, Robert Rodriguez used to um, produce out of. Like that's that's an amazing story. Like and it's funny, it's like they 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 got inspired by Kevin Smith and Robert Rodriguez. You know, the story of uh, Mariachi where um, Robert Rodriguez spent seven and a half thousand dollars to produce a movie, an independent movie that just blew up in. Uh, you know how success. he got that money? Uh, how did he get? He sold. Uh, what was the story? Well, he basically donated his body to science. He spent months and months sitting in, yep, like Mexican hospitals and different places in America where there was no regulation on um, what pharmaceutical companies were allowed to do to people, and uh, yeah, donated his lungs and blood and everything to um let them do whatever they wanted with him and that's pretty much how he wow. got his money um yeah and then kevin uh, smith with um borrowing money for his mom and maxing out the credit well, cards yeah it was pretty much so, just the credit cards yeah. i think he's his uh friend scott Mosier's dad ended up loaning them a little bit of money to get it across the line um with like editing it ended up costing more than they thought it would and having to get more prints but and even his dad was like, no, you're going to pay me back every cent with interest. So that was kind of amusing. Yeah, and so, so Bernie, like, he, he used those examples to say, like, you know, we max out credit cards to produce this college movie called The Schedule. Um, and the, the the actors and, like, the director I worked with him there, we, our team got split up after that movie um, from between Austin and Los Angeles because we just thought, if you make a movie, that's your way in. You know, you debut at film festivals and stuff, and that gets you into the industry like uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez did, but they didn't they didn't find that as obviously. And like, even the no, Saw directors, be, the Australian directors exactly, of Saw. Exactly. You need to be approved uh, by your peers and stuff to get in and, you know, a lot of red tape. And But then, like, you know, they, they had this little 
drunken website called Drunk Gamers, where their, ma- their main goal was just to get free games um, by reviewing them. So, like, you know, they'd review them drunk, but a lot of developers don't want drunk people reviewing no. their games. Um, and so, just Maybe this little trailer they made during Halo multiplayer just, you know, just shot up in popularity because it got linked on the front pages of, like, um, very popular websites back then because this was before YouTube this mm. is um, and then like I can't know, believe there was a before YouTube on the internet like, yeah it's like a, I they can't were, imagine the internet without YouTube it they were hosting their videos on their own servers cost them mm. $35,000 a month Jesus uh, the thing and like that's how they decided okay like well to produce these videos we need your help they created the subscri- subscription service like, you know, it's like, you know, you get first access to DVDs and merch and behind the scenes stuff. Their podcasts, you know, you got mm. access to a podcast and that podcast became one of the highest rated YouTube podcasts ever. And like, they were sort of ahead of the curve mm. um, before that. And like, so hearing that story and like, he this pound presentation of just like keywords are just like, you know, go where others aren't, you know, be inspired, like, you know, take, take creative liberties with what inspires you and make content that entertains you, entertain yourself more than your own audience and discover what's mattered. Like later, a couple of years ago, they made their own full-length feature film, Laser Team. And there was an Indiegogo promotion. They only won $600,000. They made $2.5 million, the highest Indiegogo like um, Kickstarter ever. Hmm. Um, and they were trying to tell you matters. Like it's not about the value of they made $2.5 million. It's the point is there was 30,000 donators who made that money for them? So it's, okay, this is this is our key hardcore audience. This is this is the audience who wants us to produce content. It's we have a thirty thousand dollars strong base uh, that we get it, and they, that's the realize they need to focus on that number, not the big figure of money and stuff. And, and it was very fascinating hearing that um, for it. And then um, with the with the convention itself, as I said, um, I got to play a lot of hands-on things because there's just no lines or anything like that. Most I waited was 15 minutes. Um, I had an appointment with PlayStation VR, so I got to experience a lot of that. Um, my highlight was... I think it's worth the 600 or dollars you need to spend. To... Well, that's just the headset as well. you got to run this like, you know, you know, you got to invest more console. in like, you know, a PS4 Pro yeah. um, and a 4K TV if you're going to PS4 Pro. And I was playing GT Sports, so they had this r- racing chair rig um mm. as well and like yeah it, it adds up cost wise but the experience i had playing that just like sitting inside a that's right porsche carrera games yeah sitting in a porsche carrera gt if i said like i've been in a forty thousand mm. dollar rig but it wasn't vr it was just three monitors yeah the difference was being vr like yeah it was low resolution it was lower resolution but it was so immersive and it was it better was, than yeah, yeah i, I really game. felt connected right. more um and for it and um yeah, my goal is to get used to down to packs. Um, I don't feel like that. We'll do a little um, um, banana split. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'm definitely down for packs <laughs> next year. Yeah, yeah, but, same. Uh, I've never been before, so but I hear so much about it from my peers. And how like is the cosplay any good? Well, the cosplay is the highest. Like mm. it was amazing. Like the group photos they do, like um, from a Borderlands group to like an Overwatch group of like over 200 cosplayers to your lol group of over 200 people your final fantasy group of about 150 people you know it's like the photo opportunities there like they're all scheduled and, and thing like the amount of photography space and lineup it's like it's more spread out and better for both photographers and cosplayers on the photos. Re- really it's like and you, you just walk just walking around see that atmosphere that's on for three days constantly that doesn't tire like, you know, it's like everyone brings out their best cosplays for all three days. There's no lazy day. Um, but as an attendee, it's like I spent a full day just playing tabletop at a table with some friends and with strangers where we just borrowed tabletop games and played. Um, I spent an evening after a concert, I played pinball 
all night and it's just like it's mm. it's it's one of those conventions you do it's so much is going on in it and there's something for everything everyone and you get lost in it and you just enjoy yourself and then the time that three days that 150 dollars ticket is just so much worth what you get yeah um and for it and like there's so many big industry guys there if you know do developers from um square enix and Gearbox, you know you, you you can so easily have a conversation with um you know it's like i met i met um the um key um creative designer behind uh, horizon zero dawn and just just shooting the shit with him it's like you know it's like it's not like line up meet kojima or something like that it's more just like everyone's yeah, there I, like, I hope not no it's like yeah it's like you're you're talking to yeah everyone there we're sharing this great thing um, is it possible to do everything in the three days or is is it a matter of you have to be so selective because there's so much to do uh panel wise um yeah and like the, the amount of gaming tournaments and speed runs going on if there's certain things you want to see you do have to time you have to do have to schedule it with your app um for it but as i said there's there's something for everybody and then when especially as a sydney visitors like i go there and all the all the sydney cosplay community is down there everyone i know i'm running into the same face as i do up here and it's like you just get lost in the city it's just like well we're just gonna go drink we're just gonna go eat um you know there's so much to do around the city um just around packs and everyone embraces it and mm. stuff it's like yeah it's like it's because it's open from 10 a.m to 11 30 p.m that's awesome like wow yeah, it's like you have night panels you have mature mm. yeah. um things like you know it's like one of the panels at like 10 o'clock at night was like let's play a date and sim you know it's just everyone in a panel room just like you know let's do a you know a date one of those gaudy da- uh, dating sim games like japanese together. dating sim yeah exactly yeah. right and was, um yeah AVN. Like, yeah yeah concerts and stuff and like and yeah. Yeah. yeah even even serious discussion panels about how sex is represented in games and right. stuff and all it's right. just like you know it's the irony of like um you know violent vid- the violence in video games is like something you never commit in your own life and yet they don't portray sex in video games proper something you do in your life that's true as yeah. much as you can you know right, it's like right. it's a common part of your life where killing a or random stranger is something you don't do in a game it can be with a blue alien yes with tentacles for hair. <laughs> so. but yeah everyone get out to packs um and mm. used to get out the packs um highly recommend it and as i said I, my description can't do it justice you just need to experience it and then you're just like well i'm going every year now mm. Mm. well let's hope it keeps happening as strong as it's ever been and there's no sort of you know rise and fall or anything it's just a solid there's enough demands enough of a community to keep it going like you're saying every cosplayer i knew that's serious was down there um one i can think of is hench wench yep um and she was really busy i remember seeing a post she made about uh being sorry that she didn't have enough time to talk to everyone who came up to her because she was in character and at the booth and i think it was blizzard or someone that was sponsoring her so that was awesome that i know so much the not just the convention itself but um you know like corporate promotional people have enough know that there's enough interest there that it makes sense the economy um the economics work for them to be able to fly people down and put them up um just because they're really good at dressing up so that's awesome the embracement of the cosplay community down there is amazing because like you you have your just your first time cosplayers just relaxing stuff and you know your hardcore cosplayers your patreon Mm. cosplayers like they're all there together um you know evenly like you know it's not like exclusive or like it's not as clicky down there yeah you run into your friends and you know you talk and socialize but you know it's like you know i'm you know i'm running into you know i'm hanging out with my i, I play cause I, I play bag bitch for most of my sydney friends and all that just because i was enjoying myself then but yeah it was just easy to just run into and have a conversation with 
you know, famous Australian cosplayers like uh, Moon Fox or um, mm. uh, Black Cat or something like that, you know. Just Moon very Fox, easily... she did that Katsuya cosplay. Yes. The long rifle. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, um, oh, okay. No, I did see one famous cosplayer at um, the Zombie Walk. Was it the same weekend as PAX? No. No, it was the PAX weekend was after. Before. So they could have come to, could have done both, but I think everyone who went to PAX was pretty washed out by that time. Was that Lucy B-Box? She did the sex po. Anyway, she was there with her boyfriend. I don't know, man. Yeah. So, Lucy B. Yeah, uh, Lucy, Lucy B. B. was down at PAX. And, um, okay, and yeah. then she went to Zombie Walk, so yes. that's dedication. Wow. Props to her. Um, yeah. Okay, so that pretty much covers it. Please, kind I've only seen a bunch of the photos. Same with PAX, where I've seen all these amazing cosplay coming out of it. Other than that, I think there was only a few announcements, like expansions to Hearthstone and uh, something called... I wrote it down. Um, BlizzCon highlights Battle for Azeroth is a new WoW expansion World yeah, of Warcraft one of the biggest of the 7th um, really good cinematic um, showed the Alliance and Horde in battle with Sylvanas and Anduin the Priest uh, any Alliance fans out there no it's all about the Horde man <laughs> oh yeah hell yeah for the Horde but um yep so there's that expansion for for uh, World of Warcraft and yeah that's all I saw on the front page. So. Yeah, uh, over, uh, you know, another um, Overwatch character, character um, healer. Um, yeah. I can't pronounce her name, but she's like sort of like an evil. Well, she, I think she's purple. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. She's good. like an evil healer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like mad it's, scientist type girl. That, that um, makes it less problematic. If she was some kind of um, a particular ethnicity, that would have yep. been more drama. And, in the um, yeah, there's also a new map called Blizzard World that sort of yep. embraces all the different caricatures. And <laughs> it's really funny. Plus, and like, yeah, all the skin packs and stuff and all that. I like, can get like StarCraft 2 versions of the characters and yeah, it looks... Um, I mean, StarCraft 2, that's right. They're making it free to play. Yeah, because the multiplayer culture is, is dead mm. and they really need to rev it up. Um, but now in Korea, they've already had a revival for Broodwall. Uh, they've been happening. That's been happening for a year, where all the old school legends are coming back. Flash, Jadong, and they're playing old school Brood War from twenty years wow. ago. And now that's a tournament. Thing. I've never even heard of well, that. Well, aren't they? Aren't they, aren't they all holding off though for like obviously um, Starcraft HD coming out? Um, yeah, that was the remastered. Yeah, yeah. so they'll Starcraft Brood War remastered, and oh. they're, they're playing that. And the graphics look so much more smooth <laughs> from a nerd's pan standpoint. For Hearthstone, uh, they released a new expansion called uh, Kobolds in caves i think yeah that's right and um they released they showed some really overpowered cards and crazy combinations and decks but that game as always i'll say it's it's pay to win uh mm. it's, if, you, if you don't pay out of your pocket you're gonna lose simple like fact of the matter uh if you want to be competitive you have to pay to win because as a freedom player you're gonna be last in the ladder like always um so i get the satisfaction you know i love the cards and the art uh and it's just a grind, but but it's just like you can play it on the train, you can play mm. on the computer. Um, you don't have to be a hardcore fan or a gamer. Uh, my brother-in-law, who is a complete casual, just plays it during lunch at work, and he knows most of the cards now. So, um, yeah, so if you guys haven't played Hearthstone, it's it's a great game if you're really bored. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too convinced after hearing you have to pay to win. Um, yeah. I think I'm too competitive <laughs> to... Um, yeah, I'd want to at least have a chance. It's like why well, I don't really play Call of Duty online because you got these 12-year-olds running around just stabbing everyone in the back of the head and like clearing the map in about 20 seconds. And I'm like, what? what? I was just looking over. The- oh, and I'm dead. So, which has just released a new, there's the Call of Duty World War II um, big, big release. But I've heard there's a problem because there's no Australian servers and there's been a bit of um, mixed reception to that game. Yeah, um, I was, I was trying to capture the... Um... Uh, Battlefield, Battlefield 1 yeah. 
magic of going old school again and like in all honesty i think wolfenstein um the new colossus or is getting better reviews mm. as like a world war ii and it's like a very tongue-in-cheek um you know more aggressive shooter like the the, re- the re-release doom single player right yeah single player like okay. you know there's no multiplayer like stuff like but it's that. like it's a proper like 20 hour campaign story and like yeah it's like there it's actually go. got a lot of like heartfelt drama slash tongue-in-cheek of like you know great cinematics and you know characters you care about in this like really weird alternative universe um mm. a lot of history sorry i have to look um, that up because yeah. i never i haven't played wolfenstein since the original mm. um i even remember playing spear of destiny which i think was the first one and then they brought out the proper wolfenstein maybe it was Wolf- I can't, it was so long ago i'm in high school back then yep. um and then soon after was doom and that pretty much, that's my strongest memory. Yeah, just playing um, Doom. But, uh, Thomas Dawson, yeah. Simpsons, Doom. The first uh, time in 30 years killing Nazis has become slightly, not controversial, but there's been a little bit of um, online yeah, outrage about outrage. Well, we had it in the cinema, you know, know, in Glorious Bastards, Tarantino's yeah. work. Uh, we, now we have the, the beautiful series called uh, Man in the High Castle. Yeah, oh, beautiful which, Amazon mm, series. Which, as soon as I saw Wolfenstein, it reminded me of Man in the High Castle. Yeah. Um, based on that novel, I think. That, yep. uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's the two shows and the two games. is They all parallel each other. Um, I, I just got the Wolfenstein game. Haven't played it yet, but um, I'm keen to to play it and, and give yourself a review. Yeah, yeah. get back to us on that one. Yeah. Yep, and, um, yeah, just a, just a few highlights from Paris Games Weekend. The highlights, obviously, like um, uh, Spider-Man Marvel game. Obviously, pretty much Paris Games Week's presentation was a part two of the E3 presentation, like the same games that were announced in E3. You got more of a... More trailers, more gameplay, and release dates of it. Um, Spider-Man Marvel like really shows that they're really focusing on Peter Parker's story, um, as in as in like how he interacts in characters, and obviously there's Miles Morales in there as well. Um, but the thing, but it's more just like you know, yeah, you they showed footage of Spider-Man doing his thing, but it's mainly about Peter's story in there as well, because this is a, a more seasoned like a 25 year old Peter mm. who's done, who's gone through everything. Um, sort of, so that's really fascinating. Um, and then, yeah, I've heard um, good things about that game. Sucker Puncher, the developers of um, uh, Infamous, you know, they get their new game they've been developing for the last couple of years has finally been announced. Um, Ghost of Shishima, mm. uh, very samurai that type. Looks, that looks really good. Gorgeous. Um, oh. Can't wait for more information about that. And then, then one thing I want to talk to you about: The Last of Us Part Two trailer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Kill me now because <laughs> I haven't seen it. I haven't okay. seen the trailer. I saw yep. the previous one. I envy uh, you. I, do, I recommend you don't watch it. Okay. Spoilers? I read an no, article not spoilers. That it was too violent. Just, um... And I just it, you, it can allude to stuff, and it will sure to change the dynamic of, like, where the ga- second game is going. Oh, oh really? It's no, like, I, I, I won't watch it then. It's like, yeah, so it's... Damn. Um... Because did the, the first game, I did play it, but did it end on sort of a cliffhanger? No, it opened the ending of The Last of Us. Um, not to spoil much about it, left it very open to interpretation. It was it's a closed off a story. Now. Yeah, but what you took away with it about the choices made at the end yeah. was how you interpret it. And mm. considering you controlled these characters, yet you didn't control the outcome. Yeah, as a video game, it's sort of like that very metaphorical of just like. Was it where? I know you're you're basically playing the girl for a lot of the game. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but Ellie. Ellie. Yeah. Um, after it finishes, does it flash forward a couple of years? No. Okay. Um, the trail, sure. the first trailer for Last of Us Part Two is a flash forward a couple of years right. later. Because the big whole about Last of Us Two was like, is it going to be a different story set mm. in the same universe? Yeah. It's a new because characters. a lot of people, a lot of the fans of Joel and Ellie's story is like, it ended perfectly. Like this right. is 
you don't need to expand on it. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, but then yeah. the new trailer opened up just like, okay, no, I do. I do miss these characters. I yeah, do expand do. up. The, the second trailer got released Parallel Weekend counteracts that. Okay, yeah. Do, so can you give some adjectives versus like telling, cause you're telling me not to see the trailer. <laughs> Um, when it comes out well okay so it's different characters in a different setting um and you You can allude to who those characters might be um and it shows more like obviously it's an it's an apocalypse game and stuff the last of us was set 20 years after the initial apocalypse happened right this could be happening at a different time different time okay okay so way further down the track or it could, maybe it could okay. imply in that same storyline or the same single play campaign that there's different pockets of time you could play um, because a you, lot can happen in 20 years mm. uh, yeah it's it's open to like a franchise novels DLC yeah, yeah. the whole shebang exactly, comic books yeah. everything but it's the, the, the trailer is not <laughs> obvious to say like this is these people this is this time. It's all interpretation. So obviously, it's kind of like everyone on social media is going thing. nuts. That's it's kind of like thing. the Star it's Wars good. trailers. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it's, I still it's, refuse to see the trailers. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't. I day. have seen them, and they don't give away any real plot points. Okay. Yeah. So, um, all right, that's good. yeah, but yeah, so yeah, so good stuff. Play. There's a PlayStation uh, Expo in a couple of weeks as well, which is weird. It's Where's like, that? Um, oh, it's, I think it's in Las Vegas. Oh, okay, great. Um, I'll book my flight. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's like their own little E3. <laughs> it's just like, but it's like mm. a month after Paris Games Weeks and they just threw out all their like big bombs. I'm just mm. like, what are you going to follow up uh, your own convention? Yeah. Well, they still haven't announced the next. I mean, you've got the Xbox X. That's already happening, but there's no... Tomorrow. Right, tomorrow. Well, there we go. Wow. Today is the 6th of November, so... Yeah, well, so seventh of November, the Xbox One X, and that's mm. to compete with the Pro. Is that right? Compete? No, <laughs> the, the Pro cannot compete with the X. Um, the specifications. No, it's way behind. Yeah, it's way behind. As, as I said, like for it's, real. It's like it's like it's like comparing your six-month-old Samsung with uh, the new iPhone that just came out last week. Yeah, okay. which you wouldn't bother doing because the Samsung's still going to be better. So, yeah, exactly. As an interpretation and stuff. right here, ladies and But the thing, like, yeah, consoles are going the way of the mobile market. It's just mm. um, yeah. uh, upgrading on that. I just care about so the So that's games, something man. that Sony could announce, though. Like, a, they haven't given a name. They haven't given any specs. I mean, it's pretty much going to be the Xbox X. But, you know, we want to see what, how pretty If the pretty Switch it is. shows us anything, it's just like, mm. you don't need these constant upgrade um, graphics things. Because, like, the, the amount of gameplay games that... Um, Mario Super Mario Odyssey, which I got to play at PAX, because mm. uh, that came out the day of PAX, and it was just—it's just magical. It's just like, yes, yeah, this is so. Because I'm probably going to buy my son a Switch, the eight-year-old. Lucky boy. Um, which game? I can't afford a lot of games. Yep. If I can, if I'm only getting like two. Yep. Like I'm thinking the Zelda one that everyone goes on about. You might be a bit too young. Okay. Um, for that, um, you know, it's it's it, it'd be a good. I think like Super Mario Odyssey will be way up his alley. Yeah, yeah, that's an obvious one. Um, and then Super Mario Rabbits, it's a bit more technical game. Yeah, but in that cutesy world as well. Um, Fire Emblem would be a bit <laughs> too old for him as well. Mm. Uh, for so yeah, probably Mario Kart or um, as I said, if 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 he's into Mario like Kart. fantasy, like general yeah. like horse and swords and play and stuff yeah. and all that, he will like Zelda. He'll take away a lot of beautiful and whimsy from it just, to, yeah. just being lost in that world as a child he's pretty switched on I think I'll go for Zelda that's good if he's switched on yeah, yeah. yeah can't go if he's switched on get him on the switch for sure. his yeah, favourite movie is the same as yours Baby Driver 
Oh, this year, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Like, oh, his favorite Asterix movie ever. This year, yeah, this year. Oh, what's your Back, favorite movie of all time? Back to the Future. Oh, okay, that's a good choice. Yeah. yeah. Do you think I read a? Um, it's completely off topic, but I read something recently where they were saying, look, they really shouldn't have made any more. That it ended perfectly, and two and three were, you know, unnecessary, which I didn't agree with because I love the next two films, but mm-hmm. I can kind of see the point in that. The quality, um, like the quality, did drop a lot. Back little. to the Future was the highest grossing movie of 1985. Yeah. So you, which they did not see coming. No, they didn't see coming. And it's like, it's like even the even the producers um, said they put Jennifer in the car at the end of one and the flying car goes, we're mm. going weird in our roads. They did it on purpose because they didn't want to do a sequel. It was just like that opening because a lot of movies back then just because it resolved like, the entire yeah. It's like, yeah, there was, there was going to be, there was no to be, to be continued. And then yeah. the two sequels got filmed back to back in 1990. Um, oh. was, uh, it for, the, was it a five year wait? Yeah. Five year wait. And um, yeah, for wow. the, to, to have a script that they wanted mm. um, for Michael J. Fox's um, uh, schedule to clear up because he was still doing um, uh, family ties. Yeah. Um, and then and um, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's just like the production value. Like they did the Lord of the Rings. They filmed two movies back to back. I didn't know that. That's why Back to the Future 2 suffers a bit. Like it's mm. considered like the dark, like Empire Strikes Back version. But the time they got to spend on editing and production. Back a good movie. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like two and three. It's like, it's, it is like Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions. As I said, right. they're not necessary sequels. You can just encapsulate the first one. I think that was perfect. I do love what two and three added in yeah. both in both franchises, and you can take away more um, from it. Um, um, but great yeah, Scott, great Scott, yeah. It's oh, just like yeah, that's the whole world I fell in love yeah. with. And, but yeah, yeah, you could. That's why I love Back to the Future three because a lot of setup in two is about what's happening in three, when it's oh. like Doc's shirt having trains on it and, and stuff like uh, that. And little, you can get lost. You can really go down the rabbit hole yes. with the trivia. I remember reading one of the IMDb pages about the trilogy and you just just endless it's i think the most trivia there is about any film because there's mm. so much that mm. detail wise like yep. um it's the two pines more yep two pines more money when he goes back to 1955 when he drives out of the barn um it's called two pines barn yep. um and he runs over one of the pine trees so when he gets back to 1985 it's called one L- pine more lone yeah. pine well, um, lone pine yeah, yeah so like that 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 they really went to detail with like contingency and stuff the little effects mm. that happened and I love it but when people ask me what is your trilogy my trilogy is Back to the Future yeah, yeah. fair enough no, I hear you um, moving on to things a little more close to home um, in some ways there's been a little bit of drama this week um, to seg from last week there was the whole um, Harvey Weinstein did I get it right this time Good job, yeah, Patrick. Why, why yeah, yeah, why uh, yeah. So what? And happened? it's just ballooned since then. Kevin Spacey got dragged into it. I did mention that last week, but now suddenly, um, a whole bunch of production assistants have come out accusing him of um, harassment on the set of uh, obviously the big Netflix. The thing that really made Netflix in the beginning, the House of Cards. House of Cards. Yeah. Uh, so that's been cancelled halfway through. They're that's two episodes shame. in. That's a shame. And they're going to have to shame. rewrite it. And basically, yeah. the original we're Charlie book, Sheen him. Well, the original book. Yeah, yeah. He dies a lot earlier on in the st- timeline in the in the original book. And the um, English so, shows. So, you know, it's kind of what was happening anyway, but they're just going to have to do it a lot sooner. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a real disappointment with the way the production managers dealt with it. He'd complained about being assaulted, and all they did was make sure that assistant wasn't alone with Kevin Smacy after that. So it was a typical sort of pushing it under the carpet type thing. Um, Dustin Hoffman copped some heat from a few different people 
Uh, Brett Ratner has been no. kicked out of the academy. Dustin Hoffman. Brett Ratner has I, had has that's the problem. It's like he's always had that maintained reputation hmm. um, of like being like this and stuff like that. It's it's and there's a womanizer and yeah, and it's like you know it's like it's that mentality of old Hollywood and like you know people doing what they need to do to become successful mm. versus what is themed harassment and things and stuff like that. People abusing their power and stuff. It's, it's a ridiculously fine line between what what were some of expectations of the industry. And, um, I can't remember too many of these. I know he's Brad did, um, like, um, <laughs> the rush hour movies. Right. Um, the bad, he did, uh, X-Men last man stand. Okay. Wow. So that's ironic because yeah. Brian Singer is one of the other people that's been co- yeah. accused historically. The of- problem with Brett Ratner is he is one of the hugest producers for Warner Brothers. Right. So a lot his pre- his finance company finances a lot of the films produced by Warner Brothers. So he's actually attached to a lot mm. of um, uh, things. It's going to be stuff. really sticky because I mean I heard that the only reason um, other than the news report that was done in the New York Post on Harvey Weinstein that sunk him. The only reason that could really happen was because he'd lost a lot of his mojo recently and the, his business was kind of declining. So that made the vultures swoop, you know, like, yep. ah, he's turned his belly and it's, his underside's exposed. Let's, you know, so there's a little bit of that. When he was at the peak of his powers, no one could touch him. Hmm. So it's kind of, it's still a very dog-eat-dog jungle kind of out there. I mean, we like to think it's all the truth will out and... Karma will get everyone in the end, but it takes a while. Karma might come for some people, but it sure takes its time. Um, something good that did happen, though, was uh, Ben Affleck followed Kevin Smith's lead by um, promising to donate any residuals, because as he said, I don't want any money from that man. Uh, so any residuals he's going to get from any of the Miramax films he was in, which was quite a few, mm. uh, are going to go to the two charities uh, for women in film. Um, and someone suggested... Not all heroes wear capes, but... Yeah, I don't know if he, he does. listens to the podcasts, yeah. but yeah, that's <laughs> something that Kevin Smith brought up in a podcast that he was going to do in Babylon, and um, someone must have told uh, Ben Affleck about it, and so he's committed to doing the same thing. Though, ironically, that's been the story, but if you listen to the podcast, what Kevin says is, yeah, I thought of doing that, but I realised that my residuals aren't very big because all the films I made didn't make a lot of money, like More Rats and mm. um, Chasing Amy. They were, you know, reasonably su- critically successful, but they never made a huge amount of money. More Rats was a massive flop and only got success years later on video. Um, so he's actually donating two and a half thousand a month or something like that. Yeah. Somewhere in the area of two thousand. So even if the residuals are poor, he's still going to put in. Um, you know, a regular decent amount. So there was a little bit... It seemed like the reporters were just running with something they'd heard and not really done the proper, you know, investigation. It's journalism, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, drama more sort of... Yeah, it's a bit less, <laughs> let's say, newsworthy, but, you know, it's cosplay-related, so we might have to cover it a little bit. Um, there's a famous cosplay in America called Momocorn, or a real name is... Uh, you, you said you were a bit of a fan of hers. Um, it's Mariah. Yeah. Something. Mariah something, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so she had her Twitter account um, disabled, basically. Suspended. She appealed. Got knocked back. 
because of some tweets she'd posted about her mother in 2013. 2013, yeah. when she was a teenager, right. bitching in about the bitch that yeah. her husband had married. Right. Um, and it's it's ridiculous. It's just like... That her father had married? or <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just like... Social media is used as an outlet of expression mm. uh, for a lot of people, especially teenagers now growing up with it. You know, you and I didn't grow up with this, so we have a very skewed opinion of yep. this. Um, but it's just like, yeah, it's just like it's her opinion and how she felt at that time. Mm. And she's grown as a woman, as a person, and like that to like things. So I don't think people should be held accountable for words they said at an emotional time in their life. It's their actions. Mm. Um, the things like if she, if she, if she got frustrated with her, her stepmom and lashed out at her physically, yeah. then sure. Yes. As like, you know, that could be brought up to against her and mm. stuff and like, but like, you know, it's literally her venting. It's not, it's not even bullying. It's just literally just name calling, you know, someone, you know, it's not, it's not even cyberbullying because it's someone in her house, in her life that's yeah. actually directly affecting her life. Mm. You know, yeah, she's misinterpreting thing of just like, you know, this woman's in love with her husband and stuff and trying to, in a situation of like, you know, it's like, it's not always hard moving into a family um, and stuff like that. But obviously, you know, she vented on social media as teenagers tend yeah, to do. Yeah, it looked like just and a sort of typical her, emo rant that you'd see a 14 or 15 year old make about someone that they yeah. were upset. And now her success, um, yeah. you know, as a cosplayer, as a Patreon supporter and her Instagram and stuff, psh- you shouldn't be called on about that stuff. Um, you know, it's like, yeah. you get called on for your points of action now. Like, you know, like PewDiePie being called out on what he says and the stuff. Like that. And, the N-word yeah. and stuff His like that. His apology did yes. seem a little... Mm, I mean, he made it pretty quickly within that same video that he was... Ooh, he called himself out, but in a very offhanded way. Um, so he copped a lot of flack for that. And it's not something I would ever drop casually so i don't it sort of did come across yeah. as a little shocking and then at the same so time this um guy low tier god yeah that's goes name, on yeah. a, a roasting video of, um, of that was pretty brutal because he's a he's a very health conscious very fit yeah, yeah. um cosplayer who not even a cosplayer just um social media guy who just sees mama because she's she is uh, a bbw she is uh, yeah she is a large cosplayer um who appeals to a certain market i i'm a huge fan of curves i was a patreon subscriber of hers and it's it's just like he's, he's he's basically fat shaming her, and the reason he does it is he's doing it in the name of the cucks that he calls them. He calls yeah, he's yeah. Called he them paints cucks. himself as this sort of white knight of the men that are, can't help themselves and just you know are slaves to these girls that uh, are somehow exploiting them by using their sort of sexual attractiveness to get them to pay for Patreons and things like that. Yeah. And I'm like, these guys are old enough to... Make their own decisions. You know, they can, can spend their money how they want. Yeah. There is no problem supporting a, a cosplayer who does lewds, mm. you know. If, if they misinterpret the word lewd for nudes... There's no nudes. Then um, there's no such fear. Trust there's me. There's I'm no a, nudes. No. Um, and um, and that, that's up to them as a consumer to realise, okay, I've made a, a mistake here. Um, everything like that. And like cosplayer girls who do earn a financial thing by posting lose that's on them it's art it's what they're doing to produce an income these girls went from posting these on twitter and instagram for free mm. and everyone's like oh yeah 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 and they build up these huge fan bases and like yeah now they can now they can use it as a viable income to produce more content and they shouldn't be held 
they can't they shouldn't be held negative like no you're taking advantage of people it's like no they're running a business and it is a business it's one of the oldest businesses in the world you know industries like playboy and stuff like that for mm. us it's like and the whole uproar of just like a lot of the video spends a lot of time of like because she's because she's a larger girl about photoshop and not seeing veins and fat it's like well every every publishing thing uses photoshop and makeup and touch-ups and stuff i don't get what is so wrong with not showing off what what is completely real because everything is sort of mm. you know like the only, mm, there was definitely a strong bandwagon to sort of bring it down which mm. i didn't quite understand it reminded me of when i f- found out about the whole gamergate drama and i tried to make sense of it and i never really got my head around it i was a little bit easier with this because it's only about one person was Gamergate was a whole culture of gender yeah. politics and all that sort of thing. It was a bit messy. It was like mm. all the gamer journalists to you know this and that and the corruption and it was very hard to get a handle on. But this is quite simple. They just seem to be enjoying the bandwagoning a little bit too much. And there's a few things that stood out. Like there was one scene where she had a megaphone um, and it was on a cosplay video where she was shouting Ching Chong Ching Chong dressed as May. Yep. which yeah i'm not happy about it all being clearly a dumb Asian thing to do um, um but yeah you know and i can't really be apologetic on her so like yeah. it's just sort of a dumb thing that it's kind of i think it's up there with the n-word the pewdiepie thing mm-hmm. um you know but does she deserve to be pilloried and fat shamed and all that sort of stuff because of a few young and she's not to me she reminds me yeah, of yeah because of if, if, if a skinny cosplay girl did that you know yep. she should get the repercussion as her just because she happens to be also a, a, a you know a big girl yeah that shouldn't be one of the bases of like well we should hate on this girl like, yeah no. i think the hate seems to outweigh yes the mistakes yeah. like so just hopefully she can um you know keep the hardcore fans that she's got and grow as a person i saw a few screen caps of different um, way she was responding to trolls or people that were calling around it just seemed pretty like she was getting better like a few years ago it was all because there's so much documentation it's there's crazy. a lot yeah, there's a lot of history she's gone through a lot of, um, of body shaming and body consciousness yeah, and stuff yeah. and it's all documented about her growth yeah. and stuff and like, progressing of it these guys um, are creepy They've and got I said this guy's and... based on like I jumped on her page just now without context I've just found out about this girl right. I'm going to attack her yeah. and I'm like okay it's just like and it was clearly for no reason other than to get um, hmm. to enjoy doing the roast. I think there's this whole roast culture um, come from the MTV roast, but that's in a different spirit. That's the roastee is sitting there With enjoying the roast. So it's all in good, you know, some of it comes across as a bit mean, but Notice that's those what they've signed up Central for. Roasts, they spend more time roasting the other people, yeah, yeah, not the actual roastee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So, so it's all in good jest. It's just a it's, it's, it's different fight of comedy because comedy is... Comedy is not about race or things. Mm. It's about making people laugh, and we point out our differences as people. Um, or anything like that. But that's a deeper discussion going yeah, into. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, what a, there's a line. Free speech of stand-up. Um, you know, they've opted into saying, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this, and this is different. This guy's just gone out full attack mode, and yeah, I'm not... Um, he definitely crossed the line. Uh, look, so. I would say this. Um, he has an element of truth that a, a percentage of Patreon supporters that support these very attractive girls and yep. they are playing to the market. These women, yep. these are hot men and women are playing to the market that they're showing just a little, but just enough for them to entice them to support them with money. Yeah. And it's yeah. not pornographic. It's not showing tits or like, like absolute naked photos, mm-hmm. but it is playing to the business. As you say, it's the oldest business in the world. Mm. And yes, these are adults that can make their own decisions, 
But these decisions have been highly influenced and highly pushed in a way that they're guided to donate this amount. Or it shows a lot about their social life or lack of, possibly. Mm. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, there's you a certain know, type of guy that's never going to have a chance. you got to understand that. It's their way of getting closer to someone that they yes. don't think they have a chance with. They but, have a chance with. And you know, that's what Loti God but, exactly I mean, talks about. Now, sure, is, but, is that for all the Patreon supporters? No. No. The no. fact that he keeps calling them all cucks and just like, just because you want to be with this girl, you just think she's going to she's gonna have sex with you, when clearly she's not, because you're all a bunch of cucks. I'm like, wow, all right, you're... Yeah, way to alienate everyone. Possible. Pretty much. I just, yeah, it just... I would say there is a number, and... but it's not all. It's like saying, but not all people do this, but not all men are like this. No. Um, I mean, Patreon at the very core is like supporting an artist uh, on a monthly basis. I mean, I'm trying to open a Patreon. Uh, with my YouTube channel, just talking about cosplay drama, cosplay social issues, yeah. and stuff like that. So now that sounds like a worthy. Like, what, know, what would you call that? How do people get involved in that? Um, so it's Patreon.com/slash Blatant Labs, and right. for as little as a dollar a month, I'll give you rewards. Uh, in return, I'll give you high quality content. I'll interview cosplayers, talk about the root of the cosplay social issues in the day, where it's like vanity, uh, social media presence. Um, jealousy cosplay competitions just every single thing that we as artists podcasters everybody go through um and it's stuff that people don't talk about at least at the convention sense like at pax you're there to have a fun time you're not there to have a three-hour philosophical discussion unless that's a panel with your favorite celebrity mm. um, there's a few of those yeah, that's why right, i'd be there right. yeah but um, probably have a beer afterwards but you know yeah so i'm just there to create a platform for people to discuss these important issues and hopefully just be enlightened by their actions and behaviors um, because it is interesting um, as someone who is in the community for I guess only three years you get to see everyone on the social spectrum um, from the totally like no idea on how to like interact with people to the hmm. totally cool suave charming uh, people out there like you two gentlemen yeah <laughs> um, yeah so it's, it's just great on how you see the behaviors and like wow it's not just in the artist world. It's like in every facet of society, oh, but yes. like it's, it's so much more focused and compressed in the cosplay community because Agreed. these are, are, these are caricatures on themselves. You're like, Oh, it's that, that guy. He's, he can fit in that movie, in that archetype, or it's that kind of girl. It's, it's like, it does reduce well, them. Like she's yeah, obviously being reduced yeah, to this it, kind of two-dimensional figure, and oh, totally. she plays up to it. And then this it's, other guy—it's like Mean Girls all yeah. over again, man. It's like everyone fits a whole stereotype of person. Mm. Um, but a lot Cosplay, cosplay convention has become the new high school, where it's become yeah. clicky in groups and um, pigeonholed. Adult high school, easily. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I saw an example yeah. of that recently on Facebook with a, a mutual friend. Um, Here we go. Yeah, I don't know how to do this. I'm not going to name names, but... Uh, that man from already known as... Oh. <laughs> well, of course you are. Kind of up and coming. He does it for the love. So, you know, he's generally got a good heart. But he made a little bit of a salacious comment on a friend's... Um, I think it was Instagram account about her um, assets, let's say, in the upstairs department. Um, he was quite admiring. And then immediately her boyfriend inboxed him and said you should maybe withdraw that comment considering that you're um, trying to make a name for yourself and you've got a bit of a brand and you don't want to look like some kind of creepy stalker. Fair, political, yeah. Um, the problem is this guy didn't know that it was her boyfriend and just posted a screen cap of that inbox and called him out and a bunch of other friends commented saying, yeah, what a loser, blah, blah, blah. You know, she doesn't mind this sort of attention. She's in it and she loves 
Um, she's all about the titties and comments like that. <laughs> so, and this person had, you know, gotten rid of their Facebook, but quickly came back and uh, called all these people out for being so quick to, A, dismiss the boyfriend and B, um, assume for her what she was happy about hearing. So that, yeah, I'd seen a bit of the original post that he'd made and I was a bit, I wasn't going to touch that because it's just such a... I saw it and grenade. I wasn't touching that from a 10 pole yeah, yeah. as it's the like, Facebook well, stalker that I am. Um, yeah. but, but here's the thing though. I think um, as people, cosplay photographers or people who collaborate with other photo- uh, cosplayers, um, there's that sense that, you know, just because I've collaborated with this person for that one or two shoots, therefore I have, I'm super close with them and I have a, a total right to say whatever I want. Um, do you notice that there's a lot of like close friends who say, oh, you, girl, you've got amazing boobs or you've got amazing tits. Yeah, they see other people Whereas, doing it, usually yeah, right? female friends. And yeah, I, don't, I, think I, I can say that not... to some of my closest female friends, but yeah. to the people who I've only bumped into for like two minutes, mm. hell no. You know, no. you don't have that like connectedness when you, yet. When you collaborate and work with someone in an intimate space and just say, yes, you, you, I give you permission in this context and this zone to photo- photograph my cleavage closely or an upskirt shot for the sake of the context of this photo, if this it's photo set, char- character this character, do, or, yeah. and this is what I'm comfortable with to do in this presence right now as you are a professional, either whether it's paid work or non-paid work, a mutual agreement of just like, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the cosplay communities are so nice, they do it for free just to expand their profiles and to get better at modeling, cosplay work, photography in general. Yes. Um, that's one of the one of the positives of um, the um, Australian and Sydney um cosplay uh scene Mm. um but then obviously that those relationships can be uh misconstrued on by both parties or other parties or anything like that you know just like oh yeah i've I've been given permission to see you in this light yeah stuff like that therefore i'm entitled to that in any other context of your life it's like no it's like if you if she's out with her friends like you know just in a normal restaurant or something like that and you're like oh look there's that girl i took photos of her boobs therefore i can go up to her and comment on her boobs or talk about her oh look i touched her boobs because i i make up her boobs in the context of a photo shoot it's just like no you you know you do not earn that at all Mm. you know you're not entitled to that in any circumstances because it's not not just in work and stuff it's people's bodies it's people's personal zones it's <sighs> yeah i just thought it was sad because i know they've been friends for years and one of the guys that jumped in to defend him um she wasn't impressed with either um but hopefully everyone can get back well, on well, board. you say friends but i'm going to say acquaintance because yeah, their, their right. level of um relationship is at a i guess professional one with shoots but like yeah. Let's say you hang at, at at Spawn Point, which is a gaming bar in Sydney, for like 30 <laughs> Too minutes. Too small for me. <laughs> it, it is very yeah. small, cramped. But let's say 30 minutes having a beer and stuff, but that that's it. That's that's the ice level, like on the surface level of friendship. And then I guess that person yeah, has given themselves the right to say, what did, I didn't want to say the exact comment, but that sort of comment, which, which yeah. like brought the boyfriend in. Um, I would never say any of that because I've only had very close friends that I can count them on my hand. Um, but every, everyone else at, at the cosplay scene, I asked them, it's like, how do you know me? It's like, they know of me, but they mm. don't know me, right? And so you don't develop that strong level of emotional connection that gives you that permission to really say some nasty shit. But then that's, I mean, you've got to establish that first. It's like, I, I can take a jab at you and you're cool, Yeah, I, I guess. 
And, and Depends. With- <laughs> as long as you don't call me fat, then I'll cry. <laughs> to but, put it um, to put it in context, um, and not to um, tarnish any side of the argument or the people involved, it's like going to a strip club, mm. getting a lap dance. You know, in that context of her work, this is what you were there through. You were paying to enjoy that time and stuff and all that. She might have let you, you know, touch or something like that. You might have had a cool time. Great. You shared a little moment in the capacity of a professional venue, of a perfect service and stuff like that. Enjoying yourself stuff like that. guy sees that girl at Coles. Mm. Coles running into her and stuff and all that. It's like, oh yeah, I've seen her naked. You know, she's grinded my lap. I can go over to her while she's on the trolley Choosing and grind up eggs. on her. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, As a person that's, that's who's great. dated strippers, that's no, you bloody don't. Yeah. That reminds me of a Jerry Springer episode because, you know, Jerry Springer is like the be-all, end-all of facts. Um, this this guy, this big guy dated this uh, escort or used her for her services and then asked her for marriage. And then I think that's a classic example of like, oh, Misplaced. because I have mm. used her for her services and we seem to have that beautiful bond even though it was paid it's like I can go and propose to her and then have this magical life well no that's not the case and I think that is the same for cosplay photography shoots where you assume that I can have that permission to to, to go that extra level um, no it's just a working relationship unless she invited you to your, like her bloody wedding or something mm. um, yeah, so yeah. What, what else can I say yeah. like, only for <laughs> only for like working to them and collaborating and getting that amount of trust between each other and yeah. actually you can form genuine friendships out of that. Obviously, that's fantastic, you know, because nothing like that. But you got to make sure you're at that level first. Mm. And then, as I said, the boyfriend um, handled it very well. Just say, hey, listen, you know, I care. You've worked with my girlfriend. You did great work. Um, just want to let you know, like, just sort of maybe as, you know, between being a friend and professional life, you don't want to tarnish your professional reputation that you're building up. How about not saying that type of stuff? Yeah. As her boyfriend, I I, I don't yeah, actually don't no mind insults. you saying that to her and stuff. And like, I'm looking out for you. Yeah. Exactly. And then obviously like the miscommunication and misidentity of people just jumping up. Who's this loser? Who he must clearly must yeah, be what some a white knight. fanboy oh, who's yeah, never yeah. met her or anything like that. Who loves her from afar. Has got nothing to do. And then like that just escalates. So it's yeah. it was kind of there was a Schadenfreude in seeing them jump in and go. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Hmm. Yeah. I was a little bit, um, well, guys, come on. This is why you got to be careful. On Social the media gives social you the media. tools. Yeah, yeah. Social media gives you the tools to react, but not to think. Yeah, exactly. So I'm never on social media. Go on. But um, yeah, no, I think we've covered all the drama for the week. I'll just uh, palate cleanser with some fun science facts. Did you know that bats can swim? It's no. not really much of a science fact. I just saw a video on Facebook today. That I thought it was hilarious. It was just swanning around like it was a dolphin. It was amazing. Um, in the Bible... It's not really a science fact, but I thought this was interesting. God kills two million people. Satan killed ten. That blew my mind. When they wrapped um, King Tutankhamun, they they made sure the mummy phallus was as firm as his... Well, every other... I mean, I don't know if it was rigor mortis or what was going on there, but apparently he's quite erect. Didn't they find a new hidden chamber? Yeah, and also that happened last week. They've done some kind of spectrographic... 3D deep analysis of the pyramid and there's a hidden chamber or some kind of mass inside it and they don't know what it is. So we're going to find out and we'll be telling you. Apocalypse's tomb, Apocalypse's tomb. Yes. Please, let there be some kind of dead god that comes back once you sacrifice a virgin on the, I guess, the capstone of the pyramid when there used to be gold. 
You, you know too much okay. about this. Well, <laughs> no, the second coming of Christ, you've never, This is all comes from video games. If you ever played Civilization, and then you build the pyramids, it shows them as. All I know is don't mess with Gandhi in Civilization. Yeah, no, you will right. get nuked. Is he OP? Um, he, he, he always <laughs> what else? In nineteen forty-six, the first Superman radio show. Uh, at that time, the KKK were a growing movement. There was million man marches down Washington Boulevard. Uh, the writer of Superman, I think it was Jewish. There was two of them, Schuster and... Anyway, so he slipped in a whole storyline. It was a bit like War of the Worlds where it built up over the season, um, which basically mocked the principles and the secret handshakes and rituals of the KKK. And by the time it was finished, the membership had just basically evaporated to only a few rednecks in Arkansas. So, wow. you know, pop um, culture... Speak just a little talk back of um, mm. comic books. Um, I think, uh, just like to point out, I think one of the classic tales of comic books has recently just finished. Um, if anyone's been following um, uh, Batman Rebirth Volume 3, mm. uh, the new series just ended called The War Between Jokes and Riddles. Okay. Um, it's one of those instant classic stories like The Long Halloween and Hush um, that's just released. Basically, just to sum it up, um, it's, it's been in news, so it's not a spoiler, but Batman proposes to Catwoman, so Nicole, Bruce oh, Wayne. finally. Mm. But before she, he wants to hear his answer, he wants to talk about one of his darkest stories. Um, it's basically year two Batman, where the Joker and Riddler are warring um, over Gotham, over who gets to kill the Batman. It's sort of like a, like a, a Civil War style story mm. um, and a lot of characters the civil war between the villains Vill- yeah the civil oh. war between Joker and the Riddler and basically the rogues gallery um, and it's one of the, it's one of those great Batman stories like Frank Miller year one mm. uh, Dark Knight like it's one of those endless stories the trade paperback comes out in middle of December I highly recommend anyone picking it up yeah it's one yeah. of those like yeah it's like this is going to be one of those stories stories arc series there's only eight volumes uh that's going to be remembered uh so i recommend that to any comic book to or D, any, any closet dc fans who haven't picked up a comic book in ages i really recommend you pick up um yeah no it's the been war too between long. um jokes and riddles yeah DC fan right here. trade paperbacks like do you ever read them on your phone or an ipad no it's like you know it's like there's some great subscription services to pick up on comic books you know it's a lot cheaper than mm. buying the paperbacks but i think I think uh, comics is is that physical media that people want. It's yeah. that like they want that crisp smell of piece of paper, and then they, they read it and they. I'm seal definitely it up. a traditionalist in that um, way, but I have played around with the digital versions, and I do like that they move your eye across the screen. Yeah, they, there's a little bit of animation occasionally, and yeah, and I, it's a good oh, way to good. Bi- it's yeah, good way to binge cool. and yeah. catch up on content. Yeah. Mm. Um, for like that and obviously yeah just a cheaper alternative obviously it's like you know it's just like a monthly subscription like your Netflix and your Crunchyroll yeah. Um, but yeah we're just picking up some of the great um, graphic novels DC, Marvel mm, um, yeah. and uh, all the independents um, as well but yeah as I said I, I recommend either yeah picking up the digital version or um, um, or the in um, December yeah, yeah. yeah. alright well speaking of the DC universe we'll move on to entertainment news and coming up on the 17th of November at least in America and I'm assuming if it's anything like Thor it'll be the same time, if not sooner, here Justice League, uh, the film will be hitting the cinemas. One so. hour shorter than mm. the Batman, Batman v Superman. Superman. Yeah, I'm well, sure they'll do watch a longer it for three cut. Hours. <laughs> I'm sure there's I a mean, director's cut out there eventually. With yeah, no, yeah, I've noticed all the DC movies comes out with a director's cut for the Blu-ray mm. and DVD yeah. release, like Suicide Squad and thing, and I like them. Like it adds an extra bit of extra context that actually would have 
benefit mm. the movie more when I was yeah. in the cinemas. Saw the Blu-ray uncut for Superman v Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Still haven't watched yeah. that. It yet. makes so much sense. So much sense. Him. It's just like you, you got the conflict between Clark and Bruce. But my ass mm. will be so hurt watching the cinema for three hours straight. <laughs> I get it. I get Do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've got to be in a comfy gaming chair or something. Um, I've got a feeling that Zack Snyder might have had his arm twisted a little bit just mm-hmm. to get it down to that running time and Josh Reading coming in to finish it might have been a bit of uh, help there mm. cutting some um, scenes I yeah. won't be seeing that movie that weekend though I'll mm. be watching The Disaster Artist oh, um, I want to watch that too oh. with, at, uh, oh, yeah. with um, the Q&A good. by Greg Terrazio are you serious? Wow. yep at the Hayden um, when's who's that Greg? happening? Um, who's Greg? Greg. so uh, he plays um, is he Mark fo- is he the football player? Greg Tarassi, so the guy who wrote the book, The Disaster Artist, and who played uh, yep. Mark in um, The Room. Oh, uh, he yeah. played it in the original yeah, film. Yeah, he played in the original okay. film. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah. I still oh, yeah. have to. Oh, he yeah, yeah. is, um, he's doing a Q&A. Yes, I hit her. They, oh, hi, Mark. They, 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 they do, what, what they, they sign up for one screening, tickets sold yeah. out straight away, second screening, oh. and I'm going to the third screening. It's that popular. Wow. Oh. Is there any that, tickets like, left? Yeah. Uh, for the third screening, there's a few tickets left. Right. Only about thirty-five bucks, so it's up at the beautiful yep. uh, theater at the Hayden Orthium. And that third screening has a Q and A. Yes, they all have Q and A's. Yeah. Yeah. All have Q and A's. Yes. Okay, I'm down. You down? down? Yeah. Mm. I want to go. I, I still have to see the original movie. I've, I've oh, seen clips and we need about to, it. we need to take you to the room screenings, yeah. the live screenings where you see the audience participation screenings. Mm. The only way to watch it, Bring man. Spoons. Throwing spoons. All right, I, I put that on my. All right, planner. people. Uh, what else is happening? We've got Zachary uh, Levi has signed on to play Shazam. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is due out the year after, 2019. Is it still Rock but, playing Black Adam? Yeah, that seems like I just watched an interview with him and it's all on board. Yeah. So Jumanji coming out sooner. Obviously, I think next month with The Rock. That looks good. Um, there's been a lot of heat because it completely changes from the original board game version but it know, looks like an interesting in interpretation it's more like for the modern world hey the like, yeah. millennials yeah. 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 Let's see. Jumanji isn't exactly Gaming. one of those like well it hasn't aged well yeah right? yeah. if you watch it now it really hasn't aged <laughs> yeah, CGI has not aged well yeah but it's, it was a good story yeah. and I like but it's not untouchable there's not details untouchable. like the fact that his father the parents you don't see for very long um, they take off right at the beginning, but then the hunter is the hunter's the, the same father. father. The same well, that's the thing; it's an interpretation it's of his hilarious. father, literally. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward. I'll just because I've got an eight year old, I think it'll be a bit of a good excuse to yeah. go out to the movies. Um, and then the seventeenth of wait, sticking to that number, Thor was the seventeenth straight number one opening for Marvel over the weekend, which is pretty yeah. much what else is going to compete with them on a weekend. Star Wars. Yeah, well, they they both they're never going to release a slash Disney. <laughs> they're yeah, not going to be slash that Pixar, dumb. Which is they might Disney. try and yeah. push DC like uh, at the same day that Justice League is coming out. Guess what's dropping on Netflix? Punisher. Ooh. So that's oh, going to hurt. I they're thought you were going to mention something yeah. else. That, that a, will actually be a great thing to study be because yeah. there is, is that it, whole argument of just like well, obviously the price it? of going to the cinema now compared mm. to binge watching a show. Like, yeah, it's just like. The last two years has some been one of the worst box office performances in general of people going to the cinemas. Mm. Even though with inflation, you know they're still making the billions of dollars these movies are because of right. how much ticket prices are. But there is a general just drop in attendance when it comes to uh, the movie going public. Yeah, no, I think be, and I think almost that DC are kind of thankful because they can blame it on that rather than the movie not being received well. Or, there's been some mutterings. I saw someone on Facebook say that he'd seen it. And that he wasn't too impressed. 
I don't know. I'm happy. It's got everyone I want to see. Just one guy. Don't, see, don't worry on, about it. I'm, I'm just going to... It's not Marvel. For me, don't all my films. money's on Marvel. And I'm, I'm looking forward to um, the next Marvel film. is probably Black Panther, so which looks amazing. So I can't wait for that. Um, I will have to cut out one of the other segments because we're short on time. But one thing that... Um, another... I can't help myself, but he's going to get in there every time. Kevin Smith did it again. <laughs> It popped up today. I just couldn't believe it. Um, Thor, a.k.a. Liam Hemsworth. Liam Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. You well, just mentioned the lesser Hemsworth. Yeah, I won't um, ruin that review again. By Anyway, um, Liam gets in there, here and there. But yeah, Chris, obviously the more famous one, he mentioned the reason why he cut his hair is because he'd listened to one of Kevin Smith's podcasts and heard that he was a little bit bored with what Chris was doing with the character, so he needed a bit of a push to do something different, hence the shorter hair and the way they took the Thor film, the other changes. It's hard to go into all of it without spoilers, but yeah. Um, and the way he got his hair cut, very clever. Um, you also again, forgot to mention, um, that's the podcast with all the little Easter eggs, the Australian Easter eggs in um, oh. Thor. One of the best ones in there is the reference to the castle um, oh. in the movie. I did mention the cars though, right? That didn't yeah, you mentioned cut. the cars in the oh, Aboriginal flag, but you're like, yeah, yeah like, you had to cut a little bit because I might have. There's spoiled just a little throwaway line where um, like she's um, wishing to um, um, uh, buy something for two million. She has two million. Tell her she's dreaming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did I miss that? And you haven't even seen it, and you exactly. didn't miss it. Yep. So well Damn. done. Reading up um, Google's another movie that's coming out. Well, it's in production apparently. Red Sonja. I'm guessing it's because of the um, success of Wonder Woman, which just became the most successful ever superhero origin movie, like financially. No way. No way. Yeah. Beats origin. Did you say Beats... Origin? Yeah, Origin. No way. It beats so I don't know Spider-Man? how specific that is. But... Okay, no, I want to see Homecoming earnings and this one. Yeah, we'll, we'll okay. pull those up at some point. That'll be interesting, but, um, yeah. And on that subject, Red Sonja, I pulled up some IMDb trivia on the 1985 version. Arnie <laughs> and Bridget, obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger, had an affair on set, which is not really a surprise. I think he had an affair on set with... Was that before or after she was married to Stallone? They were both married. Mm. He was married, obviously, to Maria Shriver since the 70s Damn. or something. And he slept with... I think he had kids with about four different maids. So, you know, what are you going to do? He's got a maid fetish. He's just got an everyone fetish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Arnie threatens... Okay. That's his one punishment that he could use with his many children that if they didn't do what they were told, he would force them to watch Red Sonja. Because <laughs> um, it was other movies by far his worst. No, apparently that was his most hated. Um, there was supposed to be a reboot in 2009. It was cast. I remember was that. Yep. But because Conan bombed so much, the reboot of that, um, they uh, put the brakes on it. That was, I think, Momoa, Jason Momoa, or someone like that. Remember that? It was the year before. Yeah, done he would play Conan, and... yeah. Yeah, Jason Moore played It was Conan. him, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no one watched that. Um, <laughs> Eichel is the antagonist in it. Obviously, his name is an anagram of Loki. Norse god from Thor. thought that was cool. Um, yeah, so that that's pretty much all I had on. There was a lot less than I thought there would be um, on that. Yeah, there was something else. No, that's all I can really remember. There's a lot of fighting over, if you see now that there's all this talk about making it, and in the age of Twitter, there's so many different female actresses that are, you know, cast me, hashtag, 
I should be the next one and there's a bit of a competition happening already. A lot, a lot like with Doctor Strange, there was a few actors that really wanted to um, get cast as him. But I think they did the right, made the right choice there. I can't imagine anyone else playing him now um, other than, was it, Benedict Cumberbatch? Awesome. Okay, so that's, uh, we're pretty much on the money now. So, um, again, thanks so much for listening. Alrighty, thank you everyone for listening to episode 17 of Banana Split Podcast. As always, my name is Vin. My name's Patrick. Hit up our, uh, we've got a Twitter, we've got a uh, Facebook page, so let us know what you think. Um, yep, yeah, and our final of the Three Musketeers over here. <laughs> yep. And thanks again for having me, guys. Can't wait for episode 18 when this podcast can now legally drink. <laughs> Grab some dessert and get the hell out of here. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com. <laughs> <laughs>